like a cool breeze coming down from a frozen hill. You are listening to an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here he is, Darius, Teddy. From the chillin' podcast studios in the frozen hills near Storybrook, I am Teddy the Yeti, and you are listening to the cool sounds of the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. So, ladies, gentlemen, reindeers, and warm-hearted snowmen, onceuponatimepodcast.com and Rony Zone Media present the hosts of the coolest Once Upon a Time podcast ever. Put your hands and paws together for Jeff and Colleen Roney. Welcome everyone to the main show for the episode entitled The Snow Queen. Colleen's here too. I am. And the rain dog lady is out sleeping in the hall. This is episode number 254. The show notes for this episode can be found at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 254. We have so much to cover and discuss today. We're only going to give highlights here and there. Right. I'm sorry ahead of time, but we will post everything in the show notes if you would like to go there and read through the great mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. that's come in. But there is just lots and lots and lots. Lots. Yes. So let's go ahead and start with uh, news items. Number one is we did send in our applications for press passes to Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll get a green light from that. And then we'll go through the rest of the hurdles to get interviews from the cast that hopefully will appear at Comic-Con. Okay, so tomorrow we have two parts, two hours of Once Upon a Time, Smash the Mirror Part 1 and Smash the Mirror Part Mm 2. We will do what we did before, is we will do separate first thoughts for each episode. We release those tomorrow. So if you can't sleep tomorrow and you're going to be staying up late, (laughs) you'll get them both. And then we'll release, what did we talk about? Do we want to do two Main shows? Probably two main shows. Okay, two separate two main weeks shows. apart. So the, the, we'll wait a week for part one, then we'll do that main show, and then we'll do part two the week after. Right, because there is no new yeah. episode on the 23rd of November. That's right. Due to some sort of award show. Award show, Thanksgiving, and Probably all that kind a number of thing. things, yeah. All right, so that's what we will do for that so now let's go ahead and jump into we have this here. Jeff and Colleen ain't no strangers to telling you what they think. It's about that time for views from the studio on the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. Colleen has a fantastic theory about the author of the book, something I had not considered right well and actually believe it or not you contributed to this theory without knowing that you did so because it stemmed from something you said that just kind of triggered a huge just avalanche of information in my head what you talked about was the fact that august inserted his story into the book right and the whole point of him rescuing emma and taking her you know through the wardrobe correct Mm mm-hmm Right. So that started me thinking Henry and Regina are looking for an author. What I think they need to be looking at is Regina herself. I'm not saying Regina wrote the book. I think that every character that's in that book is writing their own story. Hmm. Okay. And I think it's also tied to when they have possession of the book. Here's what I mean. For example, Snow had the book for a very long time, and the whole book was primarily about Snow and Charming and their whole mm-hmm. love romance, how they got to be together. That's what Henry shared with Emma. When Emma looked at the book, though, she saw a number of pictures, images, and one of them happened to be the Flying Monkeys from Wizard of Oz, which is fascinating because that was a foretelling of her future because she almost married a Flying Monkey. Right. Not to mention, now Regina has the book, and Regina is seeing, you know, Snow and Charming and Cinderella, and now all of a sudden, Robin and Marion? 
it didn't seem like they were in that book before. It didn't seem like that was the whole point of the book. It seems like the book keeps changing based on who has it, who's reading it, who's in control of it. Now, here's the other thing I'm going to say. Robin, that's not to say that Robin ever had the book. I think Regina is seeing that in the book because, remember, the book is what the person thinks of themselves, theoretically. Or right. where they are, how they're living their right. life. Right, something in their yeah. life. Mm-hmm. So right now, Regina is convinced that Robin has chosen Marion because she keeps telling him to, and mm-hmm. he keeps saying that he's got to follow this code. So I think that the image of Robin and Marion is in there because Regina is... That's what's going on in her in her head. That's her inner turmoil right now. That's what's happening to her. It's I, I can't. I'm not sure if I'm explaining it right, but I I believe that each person is writing their own book. So in this case, the the author of the book is not any one person that's written the book. I think it's that they are writing their own story. And when Regina finally believes that she deserves to have happiness and true love, mm-hmm. then I think she will. Which is fascinating because when you think about it. She did actually, in a sense, change the book already. Right. And here's what I mean. Robin came to her and told her he had to follow the code and I need, you know, I don't know what to do. And she's like, go see Marion, go be with Marion. He goes off and has that conversation with Will Scarlet. She's reading the book, talking to Henry and sees Robin and Marion in there. And then she says, you know what, though? I know we'll find the author, but, you know, when my next happy ending comes along, I'm going to take it. I'll be ready for it. Robin comes back after she says this to Henry and gives her that big old smooch. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's the key is she's going to figure out that how they write the book, how they feel about themselves when they make a decision, when they determine to have something happen. That that's how it's going to happen. And again, I think part of it has to do with who is who has possession of the book. Because when Snow has the book, Regina's wishes to kill her wouldn't have come true because it's all about Snow. Mm-hmm. But when now that Regina's got it, there may be more power to this book than we expect. Yep, and and I think too that I mean you also mentioned that Henry had the book as well. He did. I think before we recorded, right? And you had mentioned that. Henry saw at that point right. Regina as evil. He said his life sucked and that kind of right. thing. Right, right. But I would, I would, I would really be interested if he read the book now. It's like, well, this is different. I never saw this before. This, this has changed, and and his view anyway, of Regina so I, no, has I, changed. I think it's a solid theory. I think. And here's yeah. yet an, one more point that actually highlights what I'm saying. Emma was never in the book except for as a baby. She's in it now. As Princess Leia. Right, right. So that again is happening to her. And again, that was in whose possession? Who had the book at the time? It was Snow, Charming, and Henry had the book. And I wonder if Regina does, you know, fall in love and move forward with Robin, that all the evil queen stuff will be removed. Because remember, that's that fork in the road. Remember, Tinkerbell said, here is your destiny. Here is your true love in this bar with the green and all that. I wonder if her choosing Robin now and moving forward with that, if, if it all works out and all that, if that changes everything. Because, I mean, there was a fork in the road. I remember watching that episode. Mm-hmm. That she, this could change her life. Right. But she chose not to go there. Right. So I think it's, I think it's a valid, valid theory. I think it's – and it makes sense. Even when you say it, it sounds like something that Adam and Eddie would say – you write your own story. Yeah, you write your own destiny. Right. You make yeah. your own destiny. Right. Mm-hmm. You make your own story. And you are presented with choices. I mean, this whole show has been about choices. Right, right. When you make the right choices, that's when the book, the story is written the way. But again, it seems like that book never ends. Like there's mm-hmm. no end in sight to the book. Right. And yet there's more stories in there than clearly the book has the capacity to hold. I agree about. with you. But what I do think is they will find an author... It, who will pose as the author and Maybe. they'll think this is it this is it and then in the end we'll find that's not him or her it may be somebody who's like a sage or somebody right. who's wise who will explain could be the look, sorcerer look i can so. write this in there but it's really you that's writing this mm-hmm. i mean once they well, i think somebody's going to reveal that or she's going to figure it out on her own or that's maybe great. henry will yeah. but i i do believe that mm-hmm. whoever has actual possession control of the book whoever is 
has the most belief or whatever in the in the book is the one that's going to write the story. You know what I mean? Well, wait a minute. <clears throat> now, now I'll I'll add another piece of that puzzle. Remember in the the episode where they were time traveling, uh, mm-hmm. Hook and Emma. Yeah, is that the pictures were not there? Right. So I mean that does add a lot of credence to what you're talking about. Yeah. Is choices and decisions right. are changing what's in that? Well, book. if you if you read through the actual story, I'm sure in the book now it will show the new storyline. Right. Right. Of mm-hmm. how per, how charming and snow met rather than the original one because again it seems to be happening willy nilly without any kind of intervention of any kind that we can tell right so that being the case that just it just I don't know it, it adds to my theory that the book is actually written by whoever has possession of it whatever they're going through in their life and whatever choices they make that's what shows up in the book and how they see themselves how they you know and they don't until they realize right. that they can make a decision to do something different and again I think I think we're gonna see Regina's gonna see that that picture of Robin and Marion is gone at some point because mm-hmm. Robin will have made that decision for her instead. Yeah. No, it's a great theory. And it makes more sense as far as the show. Instead of one person, it's more magical, if you will. So. Right. Exactly. But mm-hmm. it also speaks to everyone, um, every human being. I mean, you write your own destiny in a, in a sense because you make decisions and how you choose to live them out. You have the power to make that choice and to change your life. Right. And if to you, change. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If you don't like the way something is going, you have the power to change it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. You don't like where you're living? Move. Find, right. find somewhere else to live. If you don't like the car you're driving, get another one. If you don't like the person you're with, Depending on the situation, obviously. <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not go there. Okay, <clears throat> so we will move forward. But anyway, that's my theory. Yes, I, I think it's a and fantastic theory. Yes, yes, and elk. If anyone knows that little, anyway, <laughs> that's a little Easter egg there for you. Let us move forward. Yes, let. Hey, everybody! Thanks for dropping us a line at feedback at onceuponatimepodcast dot com. Let's take a look at what you all had to say. Hey, wait a minute. Where's the mailbag? Mailbag's over here, and it's bursting at the seams. We got all Mm -hmm. kinds of things, and Mm -hmm. let's go ahead and dive in. This is from Chris, and he was saying that I'm glad Helga isn't related to anyone or anyone we know, and he said, cough, cough, Belle's mom. Mm -hmm. And that could be. Right. They looked somewhat similar to me. Yeah. And we know that the family tree is very together in this show. Right. He also said, I find it fascinating that it was almost a fanfic of how Frozen could have turned out. Uh, is it just right. me? Or did Helga look nothing like Emma? Uh, did they forget that point? Well, well, and Chris brought up a really good point saying, you know, once again, somebody goes to Rumpel and it ends badly. Right. Which actually kind of ties in with my theory in saying that, look, if you constantly are looking for, you know, somebody else to fix your problem. Mm-hmm. Look how it can it potentially ends up. Yes, indeed. And also, uh, it says, I feel like uh, Regina is almost Snow's level of good now. Yeah. She deserves Robin's choice, but it's still sort of jacked up of Robin. And and yeah. there's a lot of conversations about yeah. that. Is, is it right? Is it wrong? He's still married. Uh, can you be married to a person that's a frozen spell? Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, that's what this show does is it gets people to discuss things. What you don't get these kind of discussions with cops <laughs> or with, you know, housewives of whatever, you know, and well, that's that's what's great about oh, this show. Not, definitely not. And sometimes it gets passionate and heated. But I think these are very interesting conversations. But, yeah, Regina is not the Regina of season one. Oh, no, no, for no, sure. No, definitely not. And Robin is not. Who we thought he was either, by the way. He he, he has a he dark has, side like well, sure. like everybody, snow well, and right. so yeah. Right. All right. And again, he's made a cho- he made choices that mm-hmm. led him down that path. Right. So it's again it's all about choice. We've been saying that from day one practically. Yep. So Chris gives a Troll of the Week award to Gold. Uh, a what of the week? Troll of oh, the week. Troll of the week. Tricking Henry with the magic potion of furniture polish and a black cat at that. Yeah, so. yeah, that was pretty funny. All right, so Ingrid, uh, Chris says uh, she's so wickedly twisted. Even though I get her somewhat now, she's still cuckoo for cocoa puffs, and that's true. <laughs> she is really crazy. 
little bit, but you know what? I mean, I kind of get the whole thing of where she's coming from on one hand, but on the other hand, she made the mistake. She took off the ribbons. She insisted that she and her sisters take off the ribbons and give them to Rumple in order to have a fail-safe instead of trusting her sister's love for her to be the fail-safe. That's not the first fail-safe item in the show. Do you well, remember the I'm, other one? Yeah, the diamond for the curse. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The black or brownish diamond, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But but the point is is that again, she's blaming now all of her problems on everybody else. Mm-hmm. And on you just all you see is a monster. Well, hi, you abandoned them because the minute they took off those ribbons, that bond was basically broken. So and uh, Chris said that she will become, and he said it all along, that uh, Ingrid would be the best villain yet. And I really do. I think she's she's more manipulative than Rumpel. That's my opinion. And she's, that makes her in a certain way stronger than Rumpel. She's, the comparison between her and Zelina is that they both had kind of, I don't want to use this word, but it's the only thing I think of kind of childish reasons for being the way they were. Right. They couldn't handle something. And instead of just like letting it go. Right. Sorry to, you know, use the frozen pun, but instead of letting it go, they allowed that to kind of consume them and become these evil villainous characters. The difference between her and Zelina though, is Zelina was outright openly crazy. Whereas with Ingrid, she's, crazy but mm. she's very quietly softly crazy yeah which is I, even scarier to me i disagree i think ingrid's crazier than oh, Zelina. I oh no 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 question Boy. no question i'm not questioning yeah. the level of insanity Oof. i'm questioning the fact that Zelina was openly out front right. outright yeah. telling them why she was doing what she was doing and she didn't care how crazy it sounded Ingrid, on the other hand, is trying to make it more seem calculated. she's definitely more calculated. Yeah. And so she's got the crazy, even though she's got a bigger quantity of, cra- quantity of crazy, she's got the crazy under control far better than Zelina ever did. Absolutely. And it does remind me a lot of Rumpel because Rumpel's like yep. a, an, an evil genius chess player. He's got 15 yeah. moves already figured out. He oh, knows yeah. exactly what's going to happen right. because he knows these people. Well, and he knows future. And he knows human, right. He and he knows future events. Yeah. But also, I think Ingrid's the same way, because if if you in a sense, yeah, she understands what it takes to manipulate people. Right. She's had a lot of time. I mean, it kind of again, she was trapped in an urn, which reminds me of the genie trapped in Aladdin. Right. And the genie even said, "Oi, ten thousand years, I'll give you such a crick in the neck." Well, yeah, but it also gives you an awful lot of time to be observant, and I'm sure she heard what was going on outside, so she had to have known, you know. She also said she had that hat a long time too, and I wondered what kind of things right mm-hmm. then rumple, and so I wondered what all the things that she learned from having that hat right. a long time. Right. So I wonder if that. Now I'm not being silly. I wonder if the hat's like the conch shell. Oh, I wonder if maybe. you can talk into it and receive information maybe. out of it. I well, don't know. I mean, obviously you can wear that. It makes you magical, I mean, but right. But I'm I'm thinking in terms of you know the people that have been trapped inside mm-hmm. of that right. hat. What if it? What if they talk to you? If they have if to they talk have to you, to, right? If, because, well, wow. You know what yeah. I mean? Yep. Interesting. Okay. Very good. All right. So Chris also writes back and says, "What if Rumple has to find the actual sorcerer, who is a real owner of the hat, and kill him?" As far as what what he needs Ingrid, to do. Yeah. Yes, and that that could be. That's definitely on the table. Um, and then also, uh, Chris goes on, once the original owner is dead, Rumpel can have full ownership and full control of its power. That's my pet theory, and I'm sticking to it. Thank you so much, Chris. Yes. That's a good and theory. Chris also gave this episode 4.8 out of 5 Shattered Sisters. Yes, yes. <laughs> that poor Shattered Sister. Yeah. That's very sad. Yeah. Uh. All right. Uh, this is, I think I'm going to do this here. Let's talk about uh, Mai's email. Okay. Down, 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 down. First of all, thank you, Mai, for sending in this email. Uh, Mai loves Wesselton. Yes. And think, <laughs> she thinks that it's probably the best villain backstory that they've ever written in the show. Why? Because unlike Regina or Rumpel, this one was truly magic. A truly tragic 
truly tragic, not truly magic. Oh, right, 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 <laughs> right. It's tr- yeah, right. It's truly tragic. It's not like, but it involved wham- magic, right. Okay, right? But it's like it's not like yeah. Zelina. Wham! My mom didn't love me. True. <clears throat> it's I accidentally killed my sister. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. I mean, you, it's hard to get more tragic than that. I did. I, I wanted to say this really fast while we're talking about the sisters. I didn't mention this about the mm-hmm. ribbons. Is I think there's going to be a power to them, and Rumple knows this, right? Right. So that maybe well, if he the, he commented on it, right? He even said true love. That true love a, is great, but a sister's bond, ooh, that's worth its weight in magic. Right. So he wanted the ribbons, and they're like, why? Clearly, the the bond is infused in that in those ribbons, which means that that's serious magic, serious power. Yeah, and I think he knows that having that uh, those in his possession is a good thing. And I think if the ribbons, the ribbons remind me a little bit of rings, powerful mm-hmm. rings, yeah. amulets, or the pendants, something pendants, pendants like mm-hmm. the ones that Zelina and the other. Witches of Oz used to wear. Yep. So, and, and I think if the ribbons are tied around the wrists of three people that are right. together and, in some kind of something. And think about it. If Ingrid knows that she broke the bond by taking them off with her sister. She broke the bond with her sisters by right. taking them off. If she puts them on Emma and Elsa, is that going to strengthen the bond between the three of them and make her extremely powerful? Yeah. Yeah, I, I certainly she's think so. Very interested in only Elsa and Emma. She doesn't care about anybody else. It's those two specifically for their powers. I really, I, I'm feeling the same way I felt about the Oz story. Is that I hope they don't end the full arc in four episodes, mm, mm-hmm. five, five episodes. Anyway, mm-hmm. till the end of four uh, A. Is I think there's more. I, I want to know about what's happening. So I think so too. We'll 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 see how that plays yeah. out. All right, I'll continue with my email. I definitely feel like everything could have been avoided had Ingrid been stronger and trusted her sisters instead of handing over the ribbons. That's where everything went wrong. Exactly. And that's exactly true. I think they would have still been together. Mm-hmm. And it was very one of my favorite scenes was when Helga mm-hmm. believed in her sister. Oh, yeah. No matter what. The, oh, the, yeah. You know, Wesselton was just, you know, lying and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And you could kind of tell when she said thank you, uh, Ingrid was like, no, I, wait, don't, don't trust him. Mm-hmm. And then when she finished, she was like, thank you for proving what a scoundrel you are, what a rascal you what are. A liar, yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was so, so neat. There is. Yeah. Fa- families. Uh, families are tough. It's a tough relationship because you're with these people (laughs) and there's a blood connection all for all time. But when there's a bond there and there's a strong connection there, that is, it's, it is true. I will say this. Ingrid didn't actually kill Helga. Okay. Did that shock you for me to say that? Well, I'm going to wait till you're done. (laughs) Ingrid didn't kill her. Mm-hmm. Ingrid was attacking. She was basically saving herself and her sister from Wesselton, and she attacked Wesselton. And the weasel that he is, he used Helga as a shield, a human shield. He pushed her in front of of Elsa, or, wow, Ingrid's right. blast. Right. Because he'd seen what she did to him before. So, technically, Wesselton is the one who killed Helga. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Truthfully, he is the one who killed her. Right. Because if if he had not done that, if Helga had been just a few feet away from him and he'd received the blast, he would have been dead, not Helga. Mm-hmm. She wasn't aiming for her sister. She didn't it was a it was truly a tragic accident. But I still think I blame him for her death, not Ingrid. And that's mm-hmm. the problem is that unfortunately, because he was nowhere to be found when Gerda came up. Then Gerda, all she saw was that Helga's dead. Right. Ingrid's the one who must have done it. And that's when, you know, she didn't believe enough, which is really sad because when they were little girls, she's the one who stood up for her basically and said, nope, you're not a monster. We love you. That's right. That's right. But again, at that moment, she kind of looked at Helga for direction. So Mm -hmm. anyway, the whole thing was just very, very sad. 
Yes. I will continue on with the email. Gerda's price for Magic was having Elsa as a daughter. You mean when uh, we're talking about Grandpa being taking away everybody's memories? Yes. Yeah. Right. And I think that's true because it brings back the whole past situation. And it was interesting that the gloves were given from Rumpel for Ingrid, but actually they were given down to Elsa for her hands to conceal her. So it was almost like a a revisiting of that, that painful situation. So, and I did mention to you when we rewatched the episode that that's probably what that note was to tell them about Ingrid and Helga. Mm -hmm. They have to know this truth. Right. They have to know the truth. And so that's what that note was. I wonder who's got that note. That's that question still has not been answered. Who has yeah. that note? Yeah, where the so. note that you're talking about what Gerda wrote on the ship is and threw it off and the, threw it off the mm, ship. Yeah, yep. when they were sinking. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, so I'll continue. Also, I definitely think that Rick will will come back. Uh, she wants him for Emma and Elsa, and that worries me. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Current time. All right. It was uh, side note before I get into more of this. Uh, Bell's trying to protect Killian. From the mirror was just too precious for words, and it is true. It's like, wait, don't, uh, hey, hey, don't look in there. Yeah, yeah, it was quite funny. And I don't know if I mentioned this before, but my degree, my degree, is in communications, specialized in film. That's very cool. I uh, got a degree in radio, TV communication, so not film, but kind of close. So I basically trained in a way to notice um, the blocking, scene direction, that kind of a thing. When the street lamp falls, Emma is on one side and the rest are on the other. Killian is on her side of the lamppost as well. After Charming shoved him out of the way. Right. Charming. Well, but he was there before. That's why he almost got hit. Got it. Yep. Uh, Charming, Stone, and Henry are right behind the lamppost. Elsa and Rumbell are pretty far behind, although Elsa is closer. Elsa and Rumpel know what out-of-control magic can do, so they obviously are standing back. The Charmings are right behind the lamppost, meaning they are close, but there's a barrier between them and Emma, something preventing them from getting closer. That's a great observation. Yeah, it is. I read a book one time about nonverbal communication, Mm -hmm. and there is a lot of really stylistic things that you can look for in movies and TV that are – it's. Everything they do, there's a purpose for it. Right. It's not... It's never happenstance. And so, especially when you get writers involved that are just so deep in the character. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 you know, put them back. It's because of this and this and that. So you're you're probably right on the money. And and I would imagine... Yeah. Yeah. The the discussions about where people stand and what should they do and all that is very, very interesting. I will continue. This episode makes a lot of emphasis on hands. The sisters hold hands. Gerda refuses refuses to hold Ingrid's hand. Emma's hands seem to be the cause of the magic going haywire. You know who else had a big emphasis on hands? Captain Swan. Throughout the episodes this season, they had a big show of making us see Captain Swan holding hands or touching in some way. He helps her control the magic, and even in this episode, he reaches out for her. He doesn't want her to let go. He reaches out even after she runs because he, she runs because he doesn't care. Right. So, so in in essence, what Mai's trying to say is that, look, he's he is her Anna. So the way Elsa has Anna to keep her under control, the way Ingrid had Helga to kind of keep her under control. Right. Hook is Emma's way to keep her magic under control and i did notice his he's not afraid of her right he's not afraid of her at all he's never shown that fear and neither has charming and it is funny for somebody who is kind of around he has a very astute understanding of people remember when they were going to go look for for regina Mm -hmm. and he said no 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 just someone like Regina, just let her have right. her time. And the same thing with him is like she doesn't want to be found. Right. So he has this really... He's sage. Right. He's the Yoda this season. Woohoo! Yeah. And And I also... I know I'm jumping ahead, but I did... I did notice that when 
Snow says we failed. Yeah. That if you look on Hook's face, Killian's face, he just kind of like, no, I failed. He so. he kind of did, but really and truly, let's talk about that because Maya does bring up that point, and she okay. actually says the problem here is not, um, it's not the Charmings failed. It's Snow failed. Mm. Snow's the one who's fearful, not Charming. He he rushed yeah. to try and help her. Yeah, he didn't fail her by acting all afraid and terrified of her. Not in the least. It was Snow that was terrified of her, and then she reprimanded her, and that kind of highlights the fact that the relationship between Snow and Emma now has changed a bit because Snow is terrified of her, which is ironic considering Snow's faced some ogres and other mon- trolls and has ha- had no fear of them, but her own daughter. She's scared to death of her own daughter, mm. and she's kind of jacking up that relationship a little bit because of that because she is so afraid of her. And well, she realized it, but it was kind of well, too late. She did. She realized it, but then she's yeah. also kind of taken, kind of, uh, she's trying to not take the responsibility all on her own. She's trying to lump charming in with that, but it's like, no, 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 no. Well, in this case, he wasn't afraid of her. He remember, tried. He yeah, tried to help yeah. her. I said, I said, family's a, a tough situation. Family is a tough situation. And now we're talking about a mother and a daughter. And and let me just tell you, yeah. teenage relationships between mothers and mothers and their teenage daughters. Granted, Emma's not a teenager, but the amount of time she's kind of been with them, you right. know, they they didn't go through the the baby years with her, or the toddler years, or the you know young little girl years with her. They're going through the teenage years kind of with her. The date the other day, you know, the other right. episode. They're shoving a bunch of stuff kind into of, a short period of time. Yeah, compacting yeah. her whole life into a, a very short period of time. And so at this point in time, if they're gonna, if we're going to treat it like a teenage relationship, this is what's going on. It's a tough relationship between a mother and daughter when when the daughter's a teenager. Yep. And Mai's also talking about Emma and the magic going haywire. It said this is a classical kind of step for the hero, the passage where they need to deal with the darker side of her magic. The thing is, the only dark side in Emma is actually with her inability to trust herself. She came a long way. She started trusting her son, her parents, her lover, Killian. But now she needs to trust herself. Yeah. Nope. It's fantastic. Uh, today, Emma was reminded that she could very much be a monster, yeah. and she doesn't need to think. She doesn't need to think much to picture it. She saw Rumpel, she saw Regina, Zelina, Pan, and now the Snow Queen. And if Emma learns learned one thing, it's that those people didn't start out as wrong persons, but at some point things went wrong. Yeah, she's watched all of them kind of lose lose their. So and I have to I have to say this I'm going to admit this is that when Elsa left the kingdom I thought it was this in frozen in frozen mm-hmm. I kind of thought that it was this this kind of victim mentality like oh I'm going to have a big scene of just like a little kid throwing a fit or something you know Taking I'm going to leave I'm going to leave but in this case it makes more sense to me because. Based on what Mai's just said, and it does make sense, Emma is now seeing the possibility mm-hmm. of being evil mm-hmm. and things getting out of control and mm-hmm. not knowing how to control it. And this did make sense to me. When she got, she left Killian, family, everybody, anyone who could help her, and Elsa too. So let's also look at what she, what happened. So, Con towards the beginning when she and Elsa are going through what they need to do to trap the Snow Queen in the first place, Emma's magic isn't very strong. She can't trap Elsa. I don't know if Elsa, you know, resisted her or what, but she didn't have strong enough magic to do it. When they got up and Emma felt attacked by the Snow Queen, which is where, and I had missed this the first time, where she got nicked in the in the neck yep. with the icicle, <clears throat> the icicle dart. <clears throat> She had enough magic and she had enough rage to to trap her at that point in time. And then we see later on, you know, Emma blows out an entire wall because she's pushed to that point, which you had mentioned actually while we were watching again, that she essentially was giving in to exactly what she told Elsa not to give in to. Right, right. 
So that being the case, Emma, Emma's seeing kind of what she's capable of, and it's kind of scaring her a bit. Emma is the Elsa now. Oh yeah, she's totally behaving Story just Bro. like Elsa did. Yeah. Lot. Some people are not going to like that. They're going to say no. they're copying the movie. And once upon a time is just like Frozen now, but this is making well, it's not. But anyway, right? But but this is making it more personal. Is now Emma is ex- feeling exactly the way Elsa felt, and it's very interesting. Elsa, who made all these mistakes, mm-hmm. is now kind of stepping back and saying, "I know how you feel." I know that. I yeah. felt that. And so now Elsa is helping Emma. Right. So in right. a way, as Anna is to Elsa, mm-hmm. Elsa is to Emma now. Right. Right. And because, so. because as in the movie, Emma is not letting Hook, who loves her more than life itself, not her sister, obviously, not her brother, but... He loves her, and she's not letting him be that comfort to her. So I think what is interesting is this is actually setting up very nicely for a royal showdown at some point in time. Right. Because Ingrid is wanting to get Elsa and Emma on her side. Mm -hmm. And this is setting this up very nicely for making it easy for Emma to say, you know what? You guys don't understand what it's like. And maybe finding herself a new family. Mm-hmm. I hope not. Yeah. All right, Emma. And but I totally get it. I'm sorry. Uh, my answered my question about what was said to Rumpel, and uh, my said that nothing would give Rumpel more pleasure because he said with great pleasure. Oh, absolutely. Nothing would give him more pleasure than hurting Killian Jones. Right. And which is what I said too. That fact would help out the Snow Queen because while she has succeeded in alienating Emma from her family, killing is a different matter. He's a very he's a variable she did not expect. She didn't think his love for her was that strong. And what's interesting is he's been in the, really the background of this whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. He's not been in the center of all this. He's right. been. He's been in the He's background, supportive. and I think we will see him step to the front, and I think he and the Snow Queen will have a discussion about this whole thing. Quite so possibly. Yeah. I, think, I think you are right. There's a lot of great other points here and in my email, and I'm going to include that in the show notes for you to read. Yeah. All right. This email is from Brad, uh, and he's going to give us 10 things he learned in the episode, The Snow Queen, number one, the statement, we will never look at you as the monster actually means we will definitely look at you as the monster someday. <laughs> yeah. Number two, when the power goes out, choose which candle you use carefully and make sure it's not a double sided one because that, that would be yeah. bad. Yeah. Number three, the sheriff's station has a newly installed back entrance. Yes. <laughs> yep. And they don't have to use the air conditioner that much. True. Number four, every child knows his mom's scary face. Mm-hmm. Even yep. it, it could be a pretty scary yep. face. Yeah. Anyway, number five, it always starts with a dance, doesn't it? It does. It always starts it with a dance. Yeah. Even if you're doing the Wicked Chicken or whatever yeah. Weaselton was doing. Yeah. That was a <laughs> wild dance. That was if crazy. you've never seen Frozen and you're watching Once Upon a Time, you must have been looking at that guy's dancing weird. Yeah. But if you've seen the movie, you know, it's pretty funny. Number six, gold shop has the cleanest floors in town. That's true. <laughs> and probably the nicest looking furniture. Exactly. All very nice. Enough for a black cat to sit on it. <laughs> black cat. Number seven, if you ever need to distract Hook, just give him a mirror. True. He is a dashing, handsome devil. Yes. Number eight, if you needed a partner for darts, let Robin down easy. True. (laughs) True. Or Graham, for that matter. Yeah. Number nine, don't underestimate the power of furniture polish. It's true. Yeah. Number 10, Emma never has to worry about a cold cup of coffee. Yep. She definitely knows how to spark one up. And I I did think it was interesting that uh, Emma gave uh, the Snow Queen water. It's kind of Mm -hmm. like... Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you something, but I'm not telling you something. 
Observations, Operation Mongoose. Do Henry and Regina really think they can pull this off without goal realizing it? And he mentions that parents know everything about anything that the kids are trying to do. So does he think he doesn't know? Wow. Right. So uh, Ingrid, uh, what makes Ingrid a villain? What I mean by this is that what has she done with evil intent that cannot be reversed? She froze Hans and Marion, but neither of them were killed. We assume she erased Emma and Elsa's memory and did something with Anna, but have yet to be given any proof of that. She made Emma feel like her parents feared her, but that won't last. So far, so far, all the things are redeemable. Her sister doesn't count because that was an accident. If you look at the whole picture, she's not really that evil. In fact, Gerda trapping her in the urn and erasing everyone's memory of her is far worse, in my opinion. Also, Regina and Gold have done far more evil things than she has ever. Just saying. The price of magic. I agree with you, Jeff. The price for Gerda erasing everyone's memory is more likely Elsa being born with the same powers as her trapped and forgotten sister. This way, she would never forget what she did to her, and it would, yeah, mm-hmm. and it'd be like a constant reminder. Mm-hmm. Cyril Keep. That's Cyril. Cyril. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Emma and Elsa are in, in the sheriff's station, Emma gives Elsa a book that tells about a spell that can trap Ingrid. But before she lays it down for a brief second, there is a transcript that can be seen. Here's what it says. Uh, Interview transcript. Cyril Cyril. Cyril Keep. Okay. Question. What is your name? Answer. Cyril Keep. Kemp. Kemp. I don't think I'm going to. I'm going to leave this in the show notes. You can read it. Essentially what it is. Essentially what it is is it's the transcript underneath the document or right. the book. So it's kind of an interesting transcript. And yes, I would put that in the show notes because it doesn't really add to the, the episode. It's just kind of a really oddball thing to have there. And the, the transcript itself is pretty funny. This golden bird story keeps kind of popping up here and there. Uh-huh. So uh, Brad is thinking the golden bird is probably something that we will see. Yeah. Thor's hammer appears again. Boy, old Thor. I, I will. We'll, I don't know where we're going. We may go to Asgard. I don't know. Maybe. Hopefully, we go to Asgard before the Death Star. I. I don't know. That oh, would be. Please help That would us. be yes. tough for me. Even though I love both, it's just like. Yeah, I, don't I would know. have a really tough time going to the Death Star or to yeah. Alderaan or. Uh, Hoth. I don't know. We almost had Sherlock Holmes though, uh, season one. They yeah, but even that it. makes more sense than... I know. Anyway. Emma's tattoo. I'll continue with Brad's email. There was an obvious shot of Emma's tattoo in this episode. I feel we may learn it's important soon. The pact. And I think we kind of touched on this, uh, yeah. the power of the pact and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, as long as we hold these ribbons, we will be there for each other. We'll never be alone. And uh, the broken once... Ingrid gave her ribbon to Rumpelstiltskin. She forgot the importance. And I think that was just as powerful as the ribbon itself. Oh, absolutely. It's when she lost, when she demeaned the importance of that absolutely. bond. So, absolutely. I mean, they could have backed off and said, no, we're not giving him nothing. Right. You're on your own. Right. But yeah, that was their kind of their last-ditch effort to say, we're still together. We're going to do the dumb thing you just did. Wow. All right. Uh, turning to ice. In the movie Frozen, Anna did not turn into ice right away, but her heart was frozen. Marion's body instantly froze. Then it moved to her heart. Once the ice reached it, Regina said she would not be able to be saved. Then Helga, when, then when Elga is hit in the heart, she falls apart. What are the rules of being frozen? Because I have no idea. And yeah. That would, You're not alone. Yeah. Adam and Eddie would have to help you. All right, so Ingrid in the urn, she's sucked into the urn and then released by Hans. There's a dramatic change in her personality, and that's what Brad's saying is like almost changes you going yeah. into this yeah. urn. Yeah. And so, but actually, Elsa seems kind of okay. Well, sort of. I think it depends on what, you know, what happened before you went in the urn. Mm-hmm. She was essentially betrayed by her sister. And put in the urn. We'll see this coming week, I believe, tomorrow, how Elsa got trapped. Yep. And we'll see the circumstances surrounding it. It'll be interesting. Mommy support group. 
Although I've loved seeing Ashley and Aurora again, I wish they could have been more intricately used in the show. We go from not seeing Ashley in forever to pretending like she's always been there. Well, kind of like Ingrid, actually. Mm, no. Well, that's what they said. Ingrid's been here the whole time. Oh. At the, well, at the ice cream. At the ice cream Sarah, Sarah. Sarah Foster. Right, right. Yeah. It's the one thing that really bothers me about this show. The Blue Fairy should have been helping with Ingrid, but she's completely vanished as well, and nobody seems to have noticed. It's so frustrating when you love these characters so much. That and yeah, true. it's... Yeah, that yeah, is really kind yeah. of frustrating. Where the heck is Blue Fairy? Right. Why is she not around in all this? Why are they not consulting with her, considering she at one point in time was considered the most powerful being in all the realm? Yep. And then Rumpelstiltskin. I mean, true. I'm sorry, I just find that very difficult to believe. All right, Ingrid's Whisper to Gold. Uh, theory number one, Gold needs to use the hat to take away Ingrid's, Elsa, or Emma's power in order to uh, make the for hat. the hat to work. Yeah. Number two, he needs the heart of the thing he despises the most. You know, as much as that's a go-to thing, I disagree. I don't think we're going to do the heart thing again. Maybe, Unless maybe it's Marion's heart. That's the only one that's kind of like Yeah, no, out. I doubt it because he doesn't despise Marion. He doesn't know her. Number three, the owner of the hat needs to die or be killed in order for a new owner to obtain its ultimate power. And that would kind of fall into the whole Darkwing Dagger thing. Correct. So I have a feeling it's going to be something completely different. I do believe that he's going to need to get Emma's and Elsa's and maybe Ingrid's power. But see, that's the thing. Here's the thing that's interesting to me. Did... The apprentice not say that in order for the hat to, or didn't gold say this when he was telling Anna this in the apprentice's home that the hat in order to completely cleave himself from the dagger and its power he had to have all the magic like all of it I think so so if that's the case that means he needs Ingrid's Emma's Elsa's and anybody else who has magic Regina's right so killing um, killing killing hook isn't gonna do it i don't think right because unless that means that emma would willingly go into the hat right so it that's the tough part about this is that emma naturally has magic so does emma so does wait so does elsa so does ingrid so regina's was taught but she has the ability to use it so i still think he's got to put all of them in the hat if that's the case in order to have all the power so there's got to be some some other thing. And I, I mean, I do believe that he will go after killing because that's going to be the thing that he would do happily. That's the only thing I can think of that he would happily do. I think we're getting to another theory down the way. Okay. And I well, think that's, fine. that's maybe more. Anyway. So. That's fine. I'm just saying I don't – I mean any one of these uh, – there's always possibilities. We don't know what they're going to do with it. So I just think that the whole collecting everyone's magic into this hat, at the at some point it's going to require something from Rumpel that he will not give. I, yeah, I, maybe. And, and, I don't know. And so we'll see. For any questions, do you think the ribbons possess power to make someone love you? Maybe, but I think that more than anything, it's going to actually give her power to overthrow and deal with Rumple and everybody else. Reach yeah, and, and the question is, I wonder if that room with the the magic he is that's unpredictable or whatever. Remember that room? Right, I wonder if those three um, ribbons are in there. Uh, no, didn't seem like it, but... No, know. it was in his shop. Never mind. It was in his shop. But no, All right. but here's... Yeah. Clearly... Anyway, go ahead. All right. Is Helga really gone? Is there a way for her to return? This would be all that Ingrid would need to turn back to the way she used to be. Now, here's the thing. Adam and Eddie have said that dead is dead. Correct. We certainly would love for some of the people who are gone to come back who have died. Yeah. If they're going to do that, they're going to have to find a very particular way to step around that rule that they've set up. Right. So we'll, but they've also said that before and right. it didn't hold. So I don't, 
hold, the, I don't believe dead is dead anymore. The blue fairy was one of those things where dead is really? not dead. Dead is not dead. Come on now. I'm sorry. Dead is not dead. You told me that. Nope. Dead is know, not dead. I know. They told a fib. They they told a fib. Like 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 time travel. Mm-hmm. That lost show did that too. Those those exactly. showrunners. Okay, let's talk about a few things that came in from Twitter. Uh, at P to the Ezo said, I think the Snow Queen wants them to shatter the mirror to cast her spell. She's tricking them all. And I, Great, I totally believe that. Yep. Totally believe yep. that. She's manipulating the whole thing. Right. And I believe she's manipulating Rumple to get her own thing. Sure. I totally, I mean, Rumple bought that whole thing. I had the, the hat longer than you. I would have said, really? Mm-hmm. But he goes, okay, what do I need to do? Right. I hope he doesn't buy what she's selling. Well, that's anyway. the whole thing. Is that, there's a possibility he's playing her, too, just as much as she thinks she's playing her. I, ho- I hope so, because otherwise it's going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. And, all right, so Shelby Renee, at Shelby underscore Renee 24, said you need to mention the girl who played Ingrid, little Ingrid. Younger Ingrid, yeah. Played Lizzie on The Walking Dead. My theory is why she's a bit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, apparently Lizzie was a a tad crazy. Yep. She was quite the crazy character on Walking Dead. Kukaluka. Mm-hmm. And there's a theory around that someone's going to die, and I just love that because it throws the fans into a complete hysterical fit Mm -hmm. on social Mm -hmm. media. Mm Mm-hmm. So thanks again. And if that's a rumor... I'm going to have an email discussion with somebody who wrote that article. But anyway, that's the rumor that's going around. We almost didn't last to the last one. Yeah. That was a, people shutting out podcasts and not listening to the show and not watching the yeah. show anymore. Just anyway. Let's move on. All right. So th- I want to thank uh, at KDK121, at Jolly Roger Rescue, and at Ari Law1994 for tweeting while you listen. Thank you very much. Yeah. These are some Facebook messages. Aaron said, I'm thinking Rumpel has to kill or put in the Blue Fairy or the Sorcerers if he can find him into the hat. Into the hat, yeah. It could be. Because we know the Aurora Gorm, mm-hmm. the most powerful. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about Janelle's theory. Janelle is a listener from way back. Mm -hmm, Thank mm -hmm. you, Janelle, for this. All right, I'm thinking Rumpel needs to do is bring Maleficent back from the dead. Let's see the reasoning for my theory. Number one, at the near near the end of season two, when Regina and her devilishly handsome Captain Hook were in the cave under the library, a cloud of ash swirled around them, both informed the shape of the dragon, and there was like a protector thing or something. Mm -hmm. And number two, uh, Kristen Bauer von Stratton is reprising a role as a mistress of evil during the second half of our current season. I called it when I saw the ash cloud. True blood has ended and the villain closest to my heart will be returning. Number three, while this gives our sleeping beauty backstory, gives us our sleeping beauty backstory. We do know that Maleficent and Regina were frenemies and Regina not only stole the curse from her, but also trapped her in the dragon form in the library cave. This could get ugly for Regina, but Rumpel can find a way it, for it to work for him. Mm-hmm. Number four, let's not forget everyone has to deal with some sort of... Has a deal of... Has a deal with Rumpelstiltskin. So I bet that he has an unfinished dealing with our evil fairy, and it will play in the deal he made with the Snow Queen. And... I I think there's validity to this theory because if they want somebody stronger than the Snow Queen, it probably will be Maleficent. And if uh, that's what I would think. Somehow, the, the only okay. And again, I already talked about dead is dead and all that. But if the whole DNA magical, remember he did with the snowflakes and the DNA mm-hmm, thing and mm-hmm, all that. Mm-hmm. If that's true then maybe they're going to kind of walk around and say, well, she's not really dead. There's ashes there, and he's going to magically kind of bring her back. I would figure he will find a way to bring her back. Or she'll regenerate on her own or something crazy. But here's the other thing. It makes sense. I mean, there's no question she's coming back. Now, what her role will be, that's going to be interesting. But I can tell you this. How do you get rid of ice? Hmm. 
you melt it. Right. And what melts ice? Fire. Heat. Fire. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't surprise me in the least that Maleficent will be coming back. Yeah. Now, what exactly her role is, we'll see how that kind of pans itself out. Yes, indeed. I do want to thank uh, iTunes reviewers, Bridge579 and FL1212. Uh, gave some reviews on iTunes and some things to think about and consider. If you have not left an iTunes review, please do. You can go to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash iTunes and go there and leave your rating and review. So we appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And now, if, if that wasn't a great podcast already, we do have this interview. We took our remote setup on the road. The microphone was a bit hot. I apologize for the quality. We're going to work with the settings along the way. and uh, But I do want you to hear this, and there's a really cool, exciting announcement in this. So here we go. All right. So the first time for everything, and we're taking our studio out on the road. And we are at Dave & Buster's at the Outlets of Orange, California. And I want to talk a bit to our friend Maria about some really cool things that are happening here. So Dave & Buster's, we know that there's games here, food, but what about these watch parties? What's going on over here? We have everything. We like to create an experience. Um, you know, we have food, games, uh, sports, and now we have watch parties. And watch parties are a great um, event that we put together for fans of various shows like Breaking Bad, Walking Dead, and yes, Once Upon a Time. Um, just fans from all over Orange County, they come together and enjoy a show and great, great themed food and great drink specials and it's just an amazing experience for everyone young and old we saw pictures unfortunately we couldn't be at the once upon a time premiere but we saw pictures of cosplayers all it was and it was a different mixed group it was young and old and it was all kind of in between his families and all that and it was really neat to to watch that what was it like being there it was just incredible seeing Everyone dress up as, you know, like you said, cosplay. Uh, we had Anna, Elsa, Little Red Riding Hood. You know, we had a giant uh, moon, a full moon backdrop for everyone to take pictures and a welcome to Storybrook sign. And just seeing everyone talk about the show and their reactions. They were crying, laughing, and watching, you know, the season premiere here in our giant uh, showroom. It was unbelievable. Well, and what's fun, too, is that, that you got raffles and you had different prizes and things like that. So that was fun to do uh, in the, um, during the commercials and all that. But it sounds like you had everything for every type of person uh, that could come and enjoy once upon a time. So let's talk just a bit about what else you, uh, what other shows that are happening here. I understand there's Doctor Who and Sons of Anarchy and all that. Tell us about other shows that you guys do watch parties for. We are really excited to create um, a watch party for Doctor Who during the Christmas special. Um, so all you Doctor Who fans out there, this is going to be your... We want to welcome you and make this your new home. Um, we really are a fun atmosphere, whether it's for yourself, your family, uh, you and your dates. Um, come out and enjoy Doctor Who and take a picture in front of the TARDIS and come dressed up. It's going to be great. I know that there's lots of Doctor Who fans out there, even Doctor Who fans that also like Once Upon a Time. So you're in good company. And so another thing, too, is that this Dave & Buster's is not too far from Disneyland. I know that a lot of people that we know go to Disneyland on vacation, but also just uh, if they're local, sometimes they get an annual pass if they can have a second mortgage on their house <laughs> and go to, uh, to Disneyland on a date night. But it's pretty close, isn't it? It's really really close i drive from disneyland to here all the time and it's about six minutes we're not too far off just hop on on the freeway and you can come to dave and buster's and obviously it's a lot uh, cheaper and better for your wallet it's just great location and a fun atmosphere to be part of so there's a lot of stuff happening here at dave and buster's at uh, 
the outlets of Orange. I wanted to also mention, because I know Maria told us this, that this Dave & Buster's has been remodeled. So if you haven't been to Dave & Buster's in a while, you might want to come check it out because it's pretty darn cool. That's true. And there's all kinds of different sizes of rooms. And so it, maybe if your podcast requires a meetup, and you may want to talk to Maria about that. We welcome you. Hopefully you'll be providing my uh, contact information or link, and we welcome you. We'll give you a space to host your meetup. Um, come and, you know, enjoy great food and, you know, friendship. Like, we want to have you here and just enjoy our atmosphere. So the one thing I wanted to end on this is that the uh, season four Once Upon a Time finale is coming. And so we're going to be here at the watch party, Dave and Buster's in Orange, for that finale. And we'll get together some uh, swag bags and stuff for giveaways and all that. But if you're a listener, you live in the area, come on out, say hey. You may have met us before, you may not have, but this would be a great fun event that we can all uh be together and you know december 14th save the date um for once upon a time uh season four finale watch party so that's our big announcement that's where we'll be yep we're going to be there and have a great time with the group at dave and busters at the outlets of orange and then once that's over we're going to rush home (laughs) probably rewatch the episode and then record first thoughts but Maria is really great, and again, I'm going to have her uh, a little link in there so you can get a hold of her, and uh, please get a hold of her and talk to her about if you're in the Orange County or L.A. area, if you mm-hmm. want to do a little drive and, and get some things set up there. It's a lot of fun. Before we go, I also want to tell you about a podcast that has trouble with our name. It's the Diz Geek Podcast. Okay, gentlemen, listen up. It's the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. They had a little trouble with our name. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. oh, That's Daniel, right. Daniel Hale, and Tommy, and Jay, mm-hmm. and Chris. Yeah. yeah. It's Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast, guys. Okay. So, anyway, but listen to them. They are a Disney podcast that talks specifically about Disneyland. And if you want information on Disneyland, if you want to know what's happening, what's going on, is geek podcast that's where you need to go so thank you so much for listening however you found us however you download us however we really appreciate you listening telling your friends tweeting while you are listening we appreciate all that we really do and we know that there's a lot of new listeners out there a lot of new likers on uh, facebook and a lot of new followers on twitter so Mm -hmm. hello Mm -hmm. and thank you to all of you And I want to send big love out to everybody. And remember, big love is so big, you cannot keep it all to yourself. Take what you need and give on, uh, give uh, the rest of that big love to somebody else because we all need it. Whether it's Thanksgiving or not, we all need it every day. So, again, thanks so much, guys. And until the big two hour. Once upon a time tomorrow, mm-hmm. if you've got extra prayers or good thoughts or something you can send our way, it is going to be a long night for us tomorrow. Yeah, but it's going to be a fun night. So much stuff. Uh, you will not listen to me. You will not want to miss first thoughts tomorrow. I can't tell you what, mm-hmm. but I'm going to tell you there's a surprise. You have got to listen to First Thoughts tomorrow. Yes, you do. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care, and we will talk to you soon. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is a Rony Zone media production. Please contact or connect with us. You may hear your comments on an upcoming episode. We're on Twitter at OUAT Podcast, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OUAT Podcast, or leave a comment at the show notes. Contact us via email at feedback at once upon a time podcast.com or leave a voicemail at 657 333 06 Until next time, spread a little big love around. 
Rumpelstiltskin was voiced by Brad Pogress, and Teddy was voiced by me, the voice of Steve. You can check out my podcast, The Voice of Steve Podcast, free on iTunes. Say hi at Facebook.com slash Voice of Steve, or see what I'm doing over on Twitter, at The VOS Show. Check out everything I do, from the podcast to voiceovers. I even have a blog sometimes at thevoiceofsteve.com. Hope to see you around, and thanks again for listening to the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast.